Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to this Charlton Live group therapy session sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are uh, okay on your Sunday morning on this week's show. Then we're looking back at yet another defeat, a 2 reverse up at Burn Albion uh, yesterday, which now makes it five defeats uh, in the last six games uh, for the Addicts. Nine winless uh, in League One, just two wins uh, in our last 15, no clean sheets in that time as well. The Addicts are in all sorts of trouble. Joining me uh, to discuss those uh, depressing stats up top, Nathan Muller. Hey, Dan Nath. Yeah, not bad, mate. You know, a nice positive week, and then we had to play a game of football, didn't we? So, um, yeah. We're back again, mate. Without, uh, as you say, no points and no, no clean sheets, but we go again. Yeah, we go again, unfortunately. That's, that's the relentless nature of uh, the EFL. Um, also, bottom of the screen there uh, is Benji Cloak. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good, mate. I like that. Group therapy. Yeah. I do feel better once I've done the pod because you get it off your chest. I know you mm. felt good yesterday. You saw your favourite football player in the flesh. So, a little bit of bit tainted for you yesterday when you saw him, but then we lost. So, tricky uh, show to Referring to Dej Yoshilaja, who uh, I, I don't know why he thinks he's my favourite football player. I... I it just used to play for us. Um, so on today's show, we're going to hear the goals uh, from yesterday shortly. We're going to hear the interview I did with Michael Appleton after. Um, you know, it was quite a tough one, I think, for both of us because it's got to that stage now, hasn't it? So I did have to ask him about his future. Uh, so you'll hear exactly how he responded to, to questions like that. I had to push him a bit on the defending uh, as well. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, there's loads of you uh, in the chat. Live uh, live to the Falls says, good morning, fellow sufferers. Uh, which just about sums it up. Key Foster uh, says Appleton out. Um, Simon's in there. Um, Spam's in there. Uh, Ben's in there. Dave's in there saying, does anyone remember a happy Sunday? Not at the moment. Um, James uh, is in is in there asking what we're going to talk about this morning, I wonder. Well, we'll soon find out, won't we? John, all hell let loose. Valiant. There's loads of you guys uh, in there. Valiant saying, sack him now. Uh, all we're going down. So we're here from you guys. Let us know what you made of yesterday's performance. Let us know, do you think it's got to the stage now where, where the manager's or the head coach's job is untenable? Um, do, do you think his, his race is run? Do you think he'll be given more chances? Let us know what you think. Let us know what you made of the performance. Uh, where, where did it go wrong? Um, also, later on uh, in the show, as always, we've got a guest fan, um, a fellow YouTuber as well. Um, Josh Wilcox is going to join us. Uh, I know lots of you will, will have watched his, his videos on yesterday's game uh, already. So, yeah, let us know um, uh, if you've got any questions for him as well. Nave, before we hear the goals, um, I'm not even going to say what did you make of the game. Is, is it time, is, as far as you're concerned, for, for Appleton to go? Would you give him more time? Um, I mean, well, last Sunday I said if we didn't get anything from yes from the game against Burton, then I'd start worrying. Um, I'm not 100% doom and gloom, but I am starting to worry a little bit. And I think the point now is <clears throat> when where do they draw the line? I know they've got to try and give him time in, in, with players and stuff, but 
at the end of the day, you've still got to pick up points in the interim. Otherwise, you can't keep saying, oh, I've got to let them settle. Yeah, I get that, but you need points. So you can't go at the end of the season and get relegated going, oh, they've settled now, they've gelled. Yeah, well, they're, they're not going to be here next year either. So um, in terms of the players, because they'll be going on bigger and better things, ain't going to stick around for League Two kind of commentary, is he? So um, I, I think it's a difficult decision. But I mean, after yesterday and the just the constant defending errors, nothing's changing. And if you keep doing the same thing again, over and over again, expecting a different result, then you you know, you're, you're in a bit of bother. So I think it's a decision the board have got to make and they've got to make quickly, um, in my opinion. So it probably is about time because, I mean, let's have it right. Burton aren't Peterborough, you know. Um, and it's going to come a time where they're going to have to make a decision because you can't wait till April or end of March. Too late by then. So mm-hmm. they've got they've got a tricky, um, tricky thing to do in that, I would say, in the next couple of days maybe even before Northampton if they're going to do it in my opinion yeah Ben I mean if you were if you were Charlie Mevlin I mean I saw I saw Charlie on the phone after the game yesterday just after I'd done my interview I walked up and he was stood in the in the room of the boardroom at Burton on the phone he had a he had a right face on I mean they've they've got I mean they, they've got a decision to make this morning because they're either deciding yes or no so either way they're making a decision right now because if they don't sack him that is a decision as well Ben I mean if you were if you were Charlie, if you were Andy, which you know, and you were a part of that phone call, what would you have been saying at twenty past five last night? I just don't see it how he's going to turn this around now. Uh, to be honest, I mean, a game like yesterday, a team that have recently just sacked their manager, so the team's already feeling pretty low on confidence. We seem to be going into every game, going, "Ah, oh, right, if we don't win this game, then." then surely questions have got to be asked. Okay, the Peterborough game last week, we were playing against a high-flying side and the second-half performance was good. Uh, but yesterday, it was the opposite. The first-half performance was good. We went in feeling unlucky going into the second half and that early goal, just we just there was nothing there. You, I, I was sat there thinking, I just can't see uh, how we're going to turn this around and, and come back into it now. We're 2-0 down, uh, 1-0, yes. Um, so again, maybe they saw that yesterday. Do they are they looking going right? Let's see a reaction here. We've got to see a reaction to kind of get some confidence going in this boss. And yes, well, we would just say before we went into the show. I mean, next week we're going to Blackpool, where two sets of fans hate him. That's going to be a terrible atmosphere for him. Do we act before that now? Is it a last chance loon going into Northampton? I personally, I, I I was all for gi- giving him the benefit of the doubt, getting his own players in. He hasn't had his own window, but I've just lost a lot of faith in him now. Um, yeah, I'd personally have to, as Nave said, you've just got to make that decision now. Either come out and say we're backing him or that's it now. you just got to get rid. Mm, right, well, there we go. Let's have a listen to the goals uh, from yesterday's game. Uh, the commentary highlights from Charlton TV, as always. Uh, your commentators were Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley. I'll be handing you over to Greg Stubbley very shortly as the ball forward to Hugo again, who gets something on it and flicks it into Helm. Helm coming towards the Charlton penalty area. Jones comes across. Helm with a shot and scores. The first real shot the Charlton have had to deal with. There's a flick on from Hugo, which released Helm on the... Left-hand side, worked his way into the penalty area, got onto his right foot and steered it beyond Maynard Brewer to give the home side the lead on 23 minutes. 
and sadly, it's the worst time possible. I'm sorry, Greg, to hand it over to you. It's just the ball forward from Croker, but again, defensively, Ness goes to run with Hugo, and that allows Helm in behind today. Watson, Jones comes across, maybe a little bit slow to react in the first instance, but it's the fact that it's just a ball forward from the goalkeeper, a flick on from a striker, and a player's got an opportunity to have a shot on goal. It's so simple. It's going to be taken by Moon towards the near post, headed up in the air. Coventry gets something on it. Back in the penalty area towards Oshelaja. Watson's underneath it, it's come the way. And Brayford who scores. Charlton want offside, but I think the ball came off Tene Watson. And John Brayford has given Burton Albion a second goal. Well, it's just a case of not competing with, for the ball in the box. Or sitting across. And I think it's Tanae Watson, as you say, didn't deal with the ball in the box. I think let the Burton player he was trying to mark get goal side of him. And Brayford there to pounce. And the worst possible start for the Addicts. See the long throw comes in. It's flicked on. Not once, but twice. Launched into the box. Sasha Larger there. Seemed to get uh, the better of Watson. And Brayford just pounces. There we go, that's the goals uh, from yesterday on Charlton TV. Thanks to the guys for the commentary and to Putz for re recording. Um, I mean, let, let, let's sort of summarise the game a, a little bit, Nath. Um, clearly, we, we enjoyed the vast majority of possession, uh, particularly in the first half. You know, it felt, it felt like we were probing a bit. But I, I guess you have to take into account that that was the game plan, not just from us, but from Burton Albion. Like, they were deep, they were out of possession, they were five. They were like, right, come on. Let's see what you can do. And and I mean, even if you look at the chances we created in that first half, I made the point at half time, and I know not everyone likes the XG stat, but it, it can sometimes just the the shot stat that you see scrolling along the bottom of the screen here right now that shows we had 14 shots over the course of the game doesn't tell the full story because in that first half, almost all of our shots were coming from sort of like the edge of the box and not clear cut. and We didn't work the goalkeeper enough. It was only four shots on target. And our XG at halfway through that game was, was 0.5 something. So it wasn't massively high. Like, I mean, so even even at half time when, you know, someone tweeted me saying, look, we're playing like superbly well or something along those lines. I, I sort of said, look, let, let's take a step back and think we're doing okay because we're keeping the ball. But don't forget that's how this game is set up to play. And we weren't creating enough chances. The goal we conceded in the first half was just an absolute joke. The goal we conceded at the start of the second half was just an absolute joke. And the reaction from the players after we went 2-0 down, we've still, you know, we've still, what, 50 minutes left? We've added time? Against, with all due respect, Burton Albion. Like, that, that's not game over. Burton themselves came from two, two down at Derby on Saturday. You know, show a bit of fight. Terrible. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I, I get 100%. I think I even said at half-time on the WhatsApp chat, Lou, that, I still felt we could win the game, even though we didn't create too much. I thought we had enough quality about us in the side. I thought it was quite positive without doing too much in terms of the ball. Could have moved it a little bit quicker and try and get it down the sides a little bit more. But then you're relying on, obviously, your wing-backs getting forward and a part of the pitch wasn't the greatest. But I'm, and by no stretch am I blaming the pitch because it was both, you know, it was the same pitch for both sides and the goals didn't come because it was a poor pitch. It's basic game management and decision-making. Um, second half, we went into our shell, went into the old Cholton, well, the old Cholton, the Cholton that was sort of seven days ago, um, that we thought we had a resurgent from the week with our signings. But yeah, the first goal was disappointing. 
you know, Mark Helms, set, set piece specialist, very good technically, and we let him come inside on on his right foot. There's just madness, and and the second goal, well, just man, mental really. But it's just those we're just gifting teams goals. Do you know? And what, the annoying thing is we don't get gifted those goals really. I, I, obviously, I'm probably missing a few, but I just can't remember p- people giving us goals like that, and we just give them away for fun. And then we're scratching our heads going, oh, I wonder, you know, why are we losing, giving away so many goals? Well, it's pretty, pretty obvious, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, and as you say, it's Burton, Albion, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, they're not top of the league. They sat in, as you say, the game plan, <clears throat> and we didn't move it quick enough. We didn't really, there was a couple of passages of play we were playing one touch, and that's when we get through, and that's when we try and get on the edge of their box. But and then we just stopped doing it. We just set, like you say, second goal goes in. Oh, well, that's that then. We ain't scoring three goals. Well, oh, brilliant. All right, we'll all go home, shall we? Like, is it golden goal now? We do, but Cholton, but annoying, mate. But um, as you say, we just got to go again on on Tuesday. Whoever's there, whether it's Appleton still there or not, we just got to roll our sleeves up and go again. But it's at the moment every Sunday and every Thursday, it's the same thing over and over again. Like. We'll have a we'll have the quiz at the end of the year, and you'll be oh, what goal was this? And it's like oh, this could be probably twenty four games this one. So it's mental, but we'll we'll just have to get on with it, won't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, relentless. Uh, I mean, Guy said it's just so easy for Burton yesterday. Just felt like they could just sit and watch us all match, and we had nothing. And and that's what I said. I think even in the first half, you know, we had a a couple of early moments. There was a, there was a flag up against I think May and Ladapo were sort of both through and. You know, that, that was probably the clearest sight we had to go. Other than that, bizarrely, our best chance come from a set piece, which you never hear. The corner at the back in some volley. And it was a good save by Circum. And he made a fantastic save from uh, Terrell Thomas's sort of long-range drive. You know, so th- there were these chances in the first half. But like I say, the majority of them weren't like chances you'd expect to score most, most weeks, Ben. Um, let, let's get on to the defending then. Because, again, I mean, there's loads there's loads in the interview with, with Michael Appleton, which you're going to hear shortly. Um, but... Um, last week, Lloyd Jones didn't close down Ephraim Mason Clark as he was driving towards the edge of the box, and and that was a frustration for for the boss and and for everyone involved. So how does it happen exactly the same the next week? I mean, like, sure, surely when you you highlight a problem like that and it's been spoken about, there has to be some sort of drilling it into the players, and that comes from both the players and and the coaching staff because between them they've got to get that message across and it's got to be understood, and those little details have to be ironed out. Yeah, I was thinking about the goal when it happened and at half time because we were we were saying how unlucky we were because we dominated the game and had the best chances of that game and one chance for them. And I was thinking, yeah, back to that Peterborough game and and Appleton after the game saying how, oh, yeah, our defending yeah, wasn't good enough. And do you go, oh, what can Appleton do about that? Surely these players know better. But you're right. It's it's the training. It's the coaching. As Kerbs, uh, I was listening to Kerbs at half time saying, why isn't Jones seeing him? taking him outside, taking him away from goal, like shuffling his body across. But, and I think Brownie even mentioned, as soon as Jones sees that white line on the edge of the box, that's it. You go into the player, you stop him getting any further. And yeah, he just backtracked, didn't he? Um, But as you were saying with the reaction from the goal, I mean, I I didn't see, as soon as that goal went in, and I did one of the comments saying they felt sorry for Ash, yeah, because he just literally backed off and let him have a shot at goal and he put it nicely in the corner. Ash didn't jump up and like have a right go at Lloyd-Jones. He didn't like have a go at Ness for missing his header. 
it was just complete like, oh, well. And Eden just put his head down and he walked back as well. I just freeze-framed it. It's like, where is that attitude to win? You're like giving your other teammates a, having a go at them. Because um, we just sit there as fans and we slump. Uh, there's probably a few fans yesterday that ran to the front and were like, what is this? This is crazy. Um, but yeah, it was a combination, wasn't it? Ness's header. Um, and I, I, if you freeze-framed it as well, as he shoots, Terrell Thomas is in no man's land. If that shot hits the post or Brewer gets a save, he's got to tap in. He's not even marking his man. So there's no like leadership, communication across that back four. And I know we've given Heck uh, a go on this, but Jones isn't really helping himself the last few weeks either, is he? Mm, yeah, I mean, another part of that goal as well. And, and this one's more up for debate because obviously Helm was a lot a lot further advanced up the pitch than Tanaya Watson was deep. So you're sort of thinking, OK, but maybe that is sort of the game plan. We're trying to get the wing backs up. So I was sort of willing to give Tanaya the benefit of the doubt on the first one. But the second one, like, I mean, it all started with, with that ball that came into the box. Connor Coventry's clearance was, was poor, if we're being honest. Uh, came back in and, and like, where, where's the battling quality for, for Tanaya Watson? Just getting completely out-muscled inside your own six-yard box. I mean, that's the one place you, you don't want to be getting out-muscled in, Nath. Obviously, Jones was, was, was a bit flat-footed as well to, to get on to... Uh, was it Brayman, the, the fellow the fella who scored, the, the, the skipper for, for Burton Albion? Like, again, I mean, that, that's just personifies some of the awful defending that we, we've put in at times this season and and like i say part like the defending itself was frustrating the geezer who was doing the the radio derby commentary behind me was a burton albion legend i think aaron webster i think he was called and i was just listening to him and he said you know like Charlton have, Charlton have looked all right here but they're clearly a soft touch at the back and it's like yeah you're not you're not wrong there but it's also a soft touch in that when, when the going gets tough at the moment We've wilted, and, and that second half performance was so concerning because, again, the manager has to get that reaction from them. If he's seeing, like, he pinpointed where he thought it went wrong in that second half and we didn't pass the ball forward, well, you've got coaching staff there, you, you've got your new assistant, you've got yourself, you know, it's got, you've got to get that message to him as well. So all, all these things are adding up to saying, you know, Robert's saying well, the reason we've got no fight is because we have no animated manager. They can do what they want because they have a statue uh, on the sidelines. John's saying players show no proper desire, but why would they when they look over at the manager on the sidelines standing there as if the whole thing is an inconvenience? Now, I, 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 I've always said I'm not one who's, who's got to see a manager throwing his fists around, but I, I do want to see a manager who can get a message onto the field of play when things start going wrong, like we saw in that second half, because he had half time to get his message to the side. Obviously, that went out the window a minute later. So now you've got, to, you've got to refresh what you want them to do and get another reaction from them. And it, it didn't happen. Yeah, no, completely. I mean, firstly, I think um, I think the starting 11 was... A, I was just I was just perplexed why we're playing two defensively-minded midfielders at Burton when you know they're going to sit in. You're going to need someone with a bit of, you know, now in the final third, like a Louis Watson that he brings on with five minutes to go. God knows what he's going to do in five minutes, by the way. Um, and then, yeah, it was just the second half. It was just like like Benji said, it was a body language. Everyone sort of felt, oh, well, that's that then. Um, and then we just didn't really put anything on. I mean, I get the the points about him being a statue. Again, I'm, I'm more of a, like a Antonio Conte sort of liking manager, even to the extent of which, you know, when guy lose on run down the touchline and all that sort of jazz. I love all that. But everyone's different, you know. That's not Michael Appleton. Like, I don't have a problem with that. If you get results and you can show a bit of, you know, you haven't got out players like Troy Deeney does, but you can show a bit of passion about 
you know, when it's not good. You, you can criticise players, but you don't have to be massively sort of throwing them under the, under the bus sort of thing. But yeah, I just think it was just a bit of a weird one, really, when you're chasing a game and it took us ages to... I know we took, we took Coventry off in the end, but I was thinking, why are you starting with two defensive-minded players? You're going to go sideways. That's two of your midfield three going sideways, passing-wise. And then, I don't know, it was just a bit weird and it just felt flat. And, uh, yeah, the defending, we'll just go back to defending quickly. Yeah, the second one, it was just, it was amazing. When you watch a goal, when it crosses the line, see how many players are in our six-yard box of Burton versus us. I think, I think it was six of them against two of us, if you exclude Ash. That's just a wanting to defend, defend, defend your area, defend your box, and they wanted it more. It's simple as that, really. You can't really, can't really polish something. Do you know what I mean? I can't really keep doing it because if someone wants to wants to score a goal like Braith, Brayford, like how, how tall was he? What five ten? Used to be a right back, and he's in the centre of our goal, more or less unmarked with a tap in. It's it's insane, and it's like. I don't know, like we don't get that. And you just got to want to really bust the gut to do it. Tenai, I agree with the first one. I think Tenai for the first goal, I think he thought they, he was going to throw it short to their left wing. That got caught in no man's land and was caught in between the two. But the defending from Lloyd Jones, we've already discussed. But the second one, it's just soft, isn't it? And like you say, someone said we had the soft underbelly or soft touch. It's pretty simple, really. But then why do you go into a game with the same back six? That, that doesn't make sense to me either. If they're not fit enough, they shouldn't be on the bench. So Gillespie and Reg or whatever, start them, which I'll be surprised if they don't start them on Tuesday. Well, I'll be, mm. well, would I be surprised? I don't know, but I think they should. Yeah. It, like, there's no nice, there's no way of saying this without sounding like ridiculously condescending. But like, so Burton, you know, I, I put the point out when they announced the attendance. The, the attendance yesterday was 3,000, like 3,070 maybe. That's like effectively, you know, Bur Burton are very true to their non-league roots as well. It's good that I think at half time they bought on one of their Northern Premier League strikers, like back back in the day celebrating where they came from and all that. But for, for, for a Charlton side to go to a club who is that small and battle, you know, battled really well above above the range, you know, a proper club, everyone is like really great and all that. But to, to, to ha for them to have our number to that extent and for their legend to notice how soft we are, like, like how, how many years does this go on before? Like, it just, it's, it's so embarrassing. Like, it's, I, I, like it's, 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 it's hard to take. John saying we'll, we'll be having 3,070 of the crowds next season. Guy saying no creativity in the midfield. Dare I say Fraser could have joined a job behind the strikers in the 10 yesterday. I know he's thoroughly out of favour. He's on the, on the verge of joining Hearts on loan. Uh, by the sounds of it, Scott Fraser. So he was obviously not part of the plans anymore. All hell let loose saying we need Dylan Warnock in charge. Otherwise, we are uh, going uh, down. John saying uh, the defence has leaked goals all season. Why leave the new players um, on the bench? I mean, that's another thing. I guess subs came quite late yesterday, it felt like. But is, is there that confidence in what he had on the bench to go and change it? I'm not sure, um, Ben. Um, yeah. Oh hell that Lucy's asking if Gavin Carter's in the chat today. It'll be interesting to see if he is, because like I say, I mean, I don't know if he'll play a massive part in that decision making that's got to be done today, but certainly members of his board have. Right, Alan's saying, I wanted him gone in November as he was definitely not going to take us forward. If he mixed up the formation sooner and kept us mid-table uh, with some results and fans would have more understanding, but he did nothing to change the formation and try something uh, to get us a different result. Um yeah, Ricky saying no analysis needed. The manager needs to go. They were both on uh, on Twitter. 
uh, Paul's saying you're depressing me, Louis. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. We're living we're living in, in in the truth at the moment. This is you can't handle the truth. It, it turns out, <laughs> Ben. Once you've lost the fan base to the extent that we've seen, how how, how can you possibly win it back? I mean, it's going to be very tough to win it back this season, even if we do start winning games and march up the table, because I think when he came in, yeah, we did have the injury crisis and we were doing okay. Um, But as we've said previously, he's not really warm to the fans, has he? And look, if you're going to be that character, if you're going to be that guy that is not animated at all either, that's fine. But I think you've got to you've got to reach out to the fans in in terms of uh, afterwards in interviews, um, showing that you've got that passion um, in, in different ways, um, saying sorry for the fans. I mean, afterwards in an interview, I mean, how many how many times have have we lost away from home this season? Just like you were saying there, it's embarrassing going to teams like Burton, going to teams like. Um, Cheltenham, Stevenage coming up, like these kind of things it's just as a fan, yeah we're not um, uh, throwing these teams and saying oh yeah, easy games but we're trying to flick, these standards should be so much higher I'd be coming out and saying look, I, I do feel for the fans um, but these fans have travelled up and down the country and what, how many times have we won away from this season once? It's just, it's just terrible, so Look, in terms of how he turns it around, I, I don't really want to think about it because I don't want him to be the man to turn it around. Um, but in terms of how he does that, just win games of football. Uh, we start winning games of football, start trying to... Um, I mean, of obvious things. Like, as you said yesterday, I, I would have shoved those two new defenders straight in. Ladapo went straight in. Scoring goals isn't our problem. It's, it's keeping goals out. And I, I don't know why we keep sticking with the same players and having the same errors happen. Um, so, yeah, he, he's not going to change his character. He's not going to change his demeanour and start like um, warming to the fans, is he? But if he starts winning games for football, it helps. I, I just can't think of any other ways it, it can mm. work out, really. Yeah, uh, I mean, Spamfish saying that Appleton is worse than Adkins uh, and, and Carol Fry. And, and Chris, I mean, we got so carried away moaning specifically about yesterday that we haven't we haven't actually, again, looked fully at the table behind us. We're still seven points above the relegation zone. I think there were quite a few games off yesterday, which obviously helped. It also helps there's quite a lot of rubbish down the bottom of the table, uh, albeit we, we keep losing to them at the moment. <laughs> but Chris said, uh, just think what... Derby, Pompey, Blackpool will do to us, even if we have an upturn in form. So, I mean, look, look at our February. Look, look at our end of January. So, we've got a Northampton side coming up Tuesday, who I think have lost one in six or seven. I had a very brief look at their stats yesterday. We've got um, Blackpool away next week, which is a toughish place to go, especially now that Albie Morgan's turned into Lionel Messi for some reason. Um, we, and then we've got Derby twice. We've got Pompey coming. I think we've got Bolton away. I think we've got Lincoln at uh, home who are in the top 10. Like We've got a real tough February. So I, I, I sort of, uh, and this is going to come back to bite me, I keep saying I think, I think just with what we've got in the building, at some point it will turn and I think we'll be okay. But... Ask me again in a month's time and I might look very silly because we've got a real tough fixture list coming up um, in in the next few weeks. And, and then we could really find ourselves in a dogfight. We're, it's only goal difference that's keeping us from 19th. So we could be two places above the relegation zone if if we had one fewer point. Like that, That's the situation we're in. It is 
It is mad. <laughs> um, right. Um, we've got our guest fan who's going to join us later. I want to play the interview with Michael Appleton now. Obviously, um, quite a few things came out of that. So let's have a listen to what the Addicts boss had to say uh, after yesterday's 2-0 defeat uh, up at Burton Albion. Fifth defeat in six games. Where did it go wrong today? Uh, in the first half, obviously, missed opportunities. Um, countless opportunities and then, you know, a little bit of poor defending doesn't help as well. Yeah, I mean, the BBC Derby co-commentator behind me described Charlton as a soft touch defensively today and that has been the case at times this season. Why has it not been rectified over the time that, that Charlton have had so far this season? Um, well, lots of things really. I think, um, you know, obviously from a personnel point of view, um, players can take responsibility a little bit more and I think will take responsibility a little bit more. Um, you know, it, it wasn't even a, a chance. It was more of a half chance from in the game uh, and for us to sort of go forward we have to be better how do we better well we make the goal smaller rather than bigger uh, and I think if we do that on a more consistent basis we'll, we'll get better better results we saw no closing down for the goal last week against Peterborough and obviously it's happened again today how do you sort of get that message across to the to the defenders well you can show them show them make sure they're aware of it um, there's plenty of things that you can do in terms of you know your vocal side of it you can sit them down and you can tell them um, but then eventually they've got to take responsibility and do it. He had all the ball in the first half, obviously had some, some chances that he created, but that second goal completely killed off. It felt any, any hopes of a comeback? Um, well, it shouldn't have, but it, it shouldn't have, but it did. Um, you know, it's one of them where it didn't help in terms of the timing, but what you know what it did do is like there was still you know 40 odd, maybe 50 minutes. If you look at the nine minutes that was added to try and get some out of the game. and. I think the only sort of difference between first half and second half is we stopped, stopped passing the ball forward. A couple of players took, didn't take the responsibility to pass the ball forward, so uh, that didn't help us certainly uh, looking to create the same sort of chances within the first half. What, what do you think that was? Do you think that was a reaction to the shock conceding so early? Because I guess they would have felt still reasonably positive coming mm. in at half time. Well, that's it. You answered your own question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're well aware, of course, of the runner results, and we, we spoke about the fans' reaction a few weeks, and you're asking for. Perspective. I mean, how long does perspective last? You're getting the, the new players in now. Have, have you had conversations with those above you? Sort of what your expectations are now you've got the new lot in? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of them where the reality is, is you know, we are where we are because lacks of concentration at certain times has, has certainly hurt us. Um, but, you know, we, we've got a, a, an understanding of how strongly we think we can finish the season, what we can get out of the season. and you know, it's up to me and, and, and the staff and, and the players to try and deliver that. Well, they've obviously backed you with the players that have come in over the last few days. So they still sort of back, backed you personally with the messages they've given you that they're going to give you time to bed in these new signings and to try and turn around this run of results. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's been no conversations on those lines other than that then? No, no, no. no. OK. Um, well, we could talk about the new players that have come in. Um, Freddie Ladapo absolute goal getter at this level as we know and what did you make of his debut and has he still got more to come? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of his football Ball has been off the bench uh, lately at Switch. I think he did play maybe a couple of weeks back. He started the game, but a lot of his football has been off the bench. So um, I think once he's up to speed and you know his sharpness is where he wants it, I think we'll I see a, a, a Freddie Ladapo that's going to score a lot of goals for the club. And I think there was glimpses of it today, what he's more than capable of. And there was some decent bits of combination play between him and Alfie at times. And um, yeah, we'll try and build on that. Seen a lot of Freddie 
over the last few years against us. We haven't seen a lot of Reg who's coming. What can you tell us about his defensive qualities? Yeah, well, like I say, he's very quick. He's athletic. Um, you know, he'll be he'll be desperate to, to get football because you know he feels he's a championship player. We do. We feel he's had that quality. So um, again, you know, the fact that there's another game around the corner and obviously. You know, it's been a tough uh, few weeks for some of the players. Then you know there may be an opportunity on Tuesday. I've seen a picture of Corey in a in a Derby shirt. Is that is that done and dusted as far as you're concerned? I don't know because obviously I'm not spoke to anyone as yet because we're very fresh and very raw straight after the game. But um, I'm sure if it is and when it is, then uh, I'm sure I'll get the nod. Um, what about George Dobson? Obviously, he was the other one who, whose contract offer we've been talking about a lot. That I've heard apparently there's interest in Eastern Europe. I mean, is he one you think will still be here at the end of the window? I've absolutely got no idea on that one, to be fair. I think um, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, I watch Dobbo today and he's fully committed, you know. Um, I think he enjoyed playing a bit of a higher role initially in the game. Um, I think we've seen him in more goal-scoring position or potential goal-scoring positions that he has for a long, long time. And you know, if um, yeah, if we can continue to get that right and get him a little bit out of the pitch, then then fair play. I mentioned you've been back with some good players in the last few days. Is Trump uh, fans always want to know if there's more coming because they're getting greedy? Have you got anything you can reveal at this moment? Um, well, I think I think the potentially could be. I mean, obviously, are they going to be absolutely imminent? You know, who knows? But um, I think there's potentially, you know, one maybe two that, that might walk through the door but obviously in doing so the reality is one or two might have to leave as well so we're, we're, we're mindful of that also well, so it was reported that there was another striker having a, a medical at the training ground Igpezu the, the chap who scored against us from, from Port Vale is, is that not going to happen now do you feel uh, I don't think so I don't think so not that, um, I think it's one of them where um, you know I'm sure we'll be continuing to work really really hard to try and improve us and you know, if there's an opportunity to bring uh, another striker at the level that we want and expect, then I'm sure we'll, we'll sure we'll be able to do that. But I don't see that one happening. Just looking ahead to Tuesday with Northampton, I was just looking at the results and the side that's not losing many games, unfortunately, at the moment. What sort of challenge are they going to pose? Yeah, big challenge. I mean, obviously, you know, they're on a great run at the moment. John's done a great job there. Um, they've obviously got a lot of feel-good factor. Um, they've got a couple of sort of plays in the middle of the park can hurt you, can get beyond the strikers and, and get goals and you know they're, they're a team that obviously are going to come to the Valley be really dangerous. And obviously you talk about the feel-good factor that they have, that's something that, that isn't mm-hmm. at the Valley at the moment. I mean, how important would it be at least to get off to a good start to try and win, win the fans back over? Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice. I mean, if we put a performance in that's similar to the first half today, we'll certainly you know give ourselves a chance of scoring goals and getting ahead in the game. And if we can get ahead in the game, then obviously you've got an opportunity to build on it. But we... Because we didn't take our chances and we weren't clinical enough, we didn't have an opportunity to build anything. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk. Hello, fellow addicts. I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich. It has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Chomp fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. 
See you soon. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday morning. Uh, just before the adverts there, we heard from the addicts boss, uh, Michael Appleton. Um, he wasn't getting drawn in too much to, to conversations about his future, Nathan. He sort of went, went into his shell a little bit there. Um, what, what did you make of his sort of reaction to, to, to some of the questions I had to ask yesterday? Uh, well, he was a bit spiky at one, wasn't he, when he sort of said, uh, well, you answered your own question. So I think I think that sort of proves that, you know, maybe it's getting to him a little bit. And understandably so, you know, he's not won a game in ages. He's not going to be bouncing around. But, um, yeah, he's going to come out and say that he's he's going to have backing from the board. He's not going to come out and go, yeah, well, they told me this morning I'll probably be sacked in the morning, so it'll be the last time you speak to me. But um it'd be funny if he did that because it would be brilliant. Um but yeah, no, I, you don't. You don't really know. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were saying I can't see anything other but than him given a get given a chance with a window and stuff. But as I said at the top of the show, it's like you've got to draw a line in the sand somewhere, and you've still got to be picking up points. It's not like we're drawing games and you know being well on top. You know, we like we were even though. We have good possession stats. That doesn't mean for anything, really, does it? Unless you win games. And we're just not winning games against teams that we should be beating. And it's all well and good going, oh, you know, we had a good second half against Peterborough, which, in fairness, we did. But that's not going to, you know, keep us up in a league. You don't you don't stay up on relegation because you're better on the team on paper. You, get, you stay up on relegation by getting more points than others. And at the moment, we're not doing that. So, um, yeah, I, I can imagine he's, he's probably feeling a little bit of the pressure. But until... I don't suppose we're ever going to know what conversations he's having, whether he's getting full support from the board or whatnot. Um, but I suppose only time will tell. Well, certainly after today. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben, did, did do you feel he he, he thinks he's under pressure? I mean, it's, it's literally only maybe last week I was saying, you know, when, when I've interviewed him, I don't feel like he is a manager particularly under pressure from those above. Do, do, do you think maybe the change in sort of mannerism during the interview? suggests he is obviously we're trying we're trying to second guess i guess here a little bit but he he was i don't know he, he, like you don't expect him to like it but he, he clearly didn't enjoy being asked about his future and, and kept the answers quite short yeah look you've got a tough job going straight after the game and, and talking to him and trying to word it so you're not um trying to antagonize an answer but on on football terms, he's got to realise he's under pressure. I mean, we haven't won a game since that Cheltenham game. It's just bonkers if he thinks any different. And he, I know he did sound a bit wound up by some of your questions, but as a reporter, what would you expect us to ask? I mean, he heard the songs from the fans yesterday, so he must realise that the fans uh, are fed up with it. Um, I listened to the press conference before on the Friday with Terry, and he did sound bit too laid back, if you ask me. He just sounded a bit like laughy-jokey, as if, uh, and many fans have said it, that our season isn't over. He can't keep thinking it's over. I mean, if it wasn't for Reading's point deduction, we'd only be three points off. So on a level playing field, without point deductions, we're playing at a standard that is three points above the relegation zone. 
So if any manager thinks that they shouldn't be under pressure for that, then then they're wrong. Yes, you can say the injury crisis we had was was bad, but I'd also say we were winning a lot of those games or drawing, and we threw it away in the last few minutes. So that was down to his game management. So look, it's a combination of things, but you can't sit there and say to you or Rich or Terry after a game and, and think that the being asked about your job is, is a bad question because it's getting serious now for us. And I only the other, well, it was a few weeks ago, I remember saying, oh, do you know what? I get bored of this time of the season every year at the moment when we've got nothing to play for. We're not going up, we're not going down. Struggle for motivation to go to games. Well, we definitely got some motivation now, haven't we? Um, and it doesn't sound like that motivation is coming from him either. Should be like, yeah, we're trying to flick. I know we're a big side. We should be doing a lot better than this. And I feel sorry for the supporters. I'll make it right. But it's just like, yeah, well, uh, players need bedding in. It's like, come on, man. Give us something. Mm, yeah, guys, saying what happened to Andy Scott's speech about Charlton is not a losing club anymore. It stops now, yada, yada. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's blown up in his face a little bit, unfortunately. Um, Adam's saying that Appleton is a pub league manager full of bluff and no substance. Chris saying that Andy Scott is to blame. He employed him. Pity he wasn't sacked too. All hell let loose saying who is more incompetent, Scott, for not sacking Appleton or Appleton uh, himself. So, yeah, loads of uh, of comments uh, there. Andrew saying that he thinks that Andy Scott is part of the problem. I mean, what we have seen in the last couple of days, and, may, and again, let, let's be careful not to get carried away with new signings because the mantra is let's wait till we see him play. But we have seen what feels like some good players coming in. So, if you're going to back the club in that sense, then obviously you, you've got to make sure that you've got the right man at the helm to to to, to take those players forward. Um, and, and obviously it's up to Andy and and to to make that decision. It's up to Michael to prove that he is. You know, there's 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 plenty plenty up in the air. Right, let's get let's get our guest fan in, shall we? Um, make sure you send in some questions for him as well, because I'm sure lots of you guys already know uh, this fella. But we're joined now on Charlton Live by uh, uh, Joshua Wilcox. Uh, plenty of you will follow his uh, his channel uh, on YouTube, um, so you'll be familiar with him already. Uh, morning, Josh. How are you? Morning, very good. How are you, Lou? Yeah, not not, not, not too bad. You know, it's the day after the day before and all that. But um, yeah, uh, tell us about your day yesterday. And I guess actually, let's just get to the brunt of it. Are, are you are you Appleton in or are you Appleton out? I tried to keep my um, views on him like off the channel as much as I could. And yesterday was the drawing straw for me. I think genuinely, it was just so, it's so difficult to go on and rant. But yesterday was just, yeah, I'm, I'm done with him. I can't, I can't see any way of him turning it around. Um, in all honesty, he's, I never think we should have appointed him in the first place. I'm one of those, but you know, I'm I'm all for giving a manager a chance. I don't really want to. I don't I don't think sacking him was the right decision a couple of weeks ago. I do think it is now. You know, you look at the lineup yesterday, and you think we should be. And I hate using teams like Burton, but we should be beating teams like Burton, as you said earlier on. Um, we should be able to go there and walk all over them. And with that lineup we had, I think I think we easily should have. And it's frustrating to see that we weren't even creating clear cut chances from the game either. Um, and and. Another thing that we always say is got his hands in his pocket the whole game. Um, you know, I'm I'm a coach myself, and it's just so frustrating to see someone not show any passion on the touchline. I don't know how you can watch a game of football and not show any passion. It's it baffles me. Josh, uh, hello, mate. If you were uh, so if you're obviously um, 
Not bad, mate. Not bad. If you had to, so you're making the choice today. Then you've got you've got the power. I said this last week, giving loads of people power, aren't we? But you give the power. What sort of manager are you? Are you bringing someone in for the long haul? So a new sort of another two, three year contract, which mean nothing nowadays. Or are you go in, let's get someone in to stop the rot, and then bring someone new in for someone for a, the rebuild. And if if either way, who would you bring in? That that is a difficult question. Um, one manager that always I'd I'd love, and I think it's difficult to bring in a manager that you want to do long term mid season. Um, Duff would be my number one target at the moment, um, because obviously he's a manager that can push for promotion. I feel, and you know he knows how to get the best out of May. He's worked with Iced before as well. Um, plays a three five two. So if we are resorting to that now, then um, obviously. That's an option. Um, I also like the look of the Bromley manager. I can't remember his name. I think if you're going to get him in, he's definitely a long-term build with build with that sort of um, head coach role. Um, but again, it's a massive, it's a massive, massive risk. It it depends what you want at the moment. If you sack him now, <clears throat> sorry, if you sack him now, then um, I don't want to chuck Piercy in the deep end. But I feel he'd get the best out of the team at the moment. I don't, I don't trust an outsider coming in. Um, which is sort of where I'm at now. This Appleton's worse than Adkins, in my opinion. And, you know, of recent times, that's probably one of the worst periods we've had. So it just keeps getting worse and worse every season. And I think this is the worst it's been in League One points-wise at this stage, if I'm not mistaken. So shows where we're at. Josh, thank you for joining us this morning after a rubbish day yesterday. It's always tough. But as Louis said, it's therapy. Um, <laughs> when that goal went in yesterday, I mean, I, I was laughing, to be fair, when that second one went in. We was only saying at half-time, do you know what? We could win this. I mean, what were your thoughts? Do you, did you think to the bench? Did you think, right, maybe if we brought on Tyrese Campbell, who wasn't used, or Fiorini early on, uh, do you have any hope that we might have changed that around? Or what else would you thought we could have done better there? I think one thing that we definitely lacked was, I think um, Nathan mentioned it earlier, we lacked a Louis Watson in midfield. We lacked the energy. Um, and, you know, even when he came on that last five minutes, he just offered something different. And I think personally, I would have I would have brought him on a lot earlier. I think he changes games. Um, you know, he just brings that energy in midfield that we, we lack in parts of games. I think probably would have subbed Carnu on a bit earlier as well. I don't think that Dapper or May were really having a big am- impact on the game. And obviously Carnu hit the bar at the end and, I just think it they're players that give a bit of energy off the bench and we're making the subs way too late. And he moans that we're obviously throwing leads away and stuff. It's because he's making the subs so late. They're not up to the game. Then obviously they're coming on and straight away they're under so much pressure. You know, they're not sharp enough to get straight into the game. And you just need those players that have a bit of energy. And I think probably if he made the subs a bit earlier yesterday, we would have got in the game. He moans about not passing forwards bring someone on like Lou Watson who can play on the half turn and, you know, you're, you're going to get a few balls that are going to go forward. Mm-hmm. Paul Davenport's asking in the chat if I'd have divided loyalties if we went for Andy Woodman from, from Bromley. But obviously, you know, if, if if he if he looked like he was going to be the, the manager to take us forward, obviously I'm a Charlton fan first and foremost, Bromley are just my, my non-league club. Like loads of people go and watch Welling or, or stuff like that. You, you're a Charlton fan first and foremost and, that, and that's the main thing. Um, perspective was what Michael Appleton called for a few weeks ago, Josh, in terms of in terms of the injuries and and that sort of stuff. I mean, can, can you do you still see that playing a part? Because obviously, like Gillespie couldn't start yesterday for whatever reason. Um, you know, the are there players 
that are out of this side that would make a difference that gives, therefore, Michael Appleton some leeway? And the other part of that question is, well, when when does that end, I guess, for you? Do you know what? I think yesterday was the chance to see those new players in action. Obviously, Ladapo was the big the big one that everyone was looking forward to seeing. Um, for me, I want to give him till the end of the window, but I just don't see when things are going to turn around. Um, you know, if you bring, if you sack him now, then what's going to happen in terms of players coming in? You know, it's going to be like deadline day in the summer all over again, and we're just going to panic by someone like Tedic. Um, and it's just like, I just don't see it. sacking him now is the right, it feels like we are heading nearer and nearer to relegation and that's why I'm so sack him now. But if we do sack him and, you know, we can't bring the same standard of players in, I think that's first and foremost, you, you can't, you, you can offer them the money, but when you don't have a manager, it's so difficult to say to a player, look, we, we want to build this project, but then you don't have a manager to build it with. Um, I just, that February run as well scares me. It, I just don't want him in charge for that February run because I feel like we will definitely be in the relegation zone if we, you know, February is the the make or break of the season. And personally, I think potentially you need a you need another manager in for that. Um, I've seen a Neil Warnock uh, mentioned in the chat. I actually jokingly said that because we are a bit more in the relegation fight now. He'd, he'd probably keep us up, and that's the sort of names that you're looking at. But yeah, I think it's just I'm so on the fence of whether to sack him now, give him a little bit more time and see if he can turn it around. I think a couple of weeks ago, I was definitely giving a bit more time and turn it around, but I just don't see where the improvements coming from. I think um, me and Nick were saying on the way back yesterday that we just don't see when the next point's coming. You know, Northampton high flying at the moment. Uh, we also go away to Blackpool. We're, we're always not great at Blackpool and, um, you know, Blackpool are doing well as well. It's just, I just don't know when we're going to, get another point and I don't see us getting another point under Appleton which is probably quite depressing to say but you know I think give him Tuesday and if Tuesday is as poor as yesterday then he's got to go for me I don't know mate just one more for me yeah in terms of I was just about to ask about that like we were saying earlier about drawing a line in the sand and obviously new managers are synonymous really of getting that new manager bounce in inverted in inverted commas so if it, so, if we'd lost Tuesday, I know you say might maybe give them to the end of the window or whatnot. But considering the February that we've got coming up, if we lose Tuesday, is that the the final straw for you? That's like, yeah, we need to get someone in. Yeah, definitely. I think as as you said, that February run is is daunting on me. You know, we've got a lot of games in February. <clears throat> My throat today, Jesus. Um, shouting at Appleton too much yesterday. That's what it was. Um, but you know, it's. It's one of those that I just don't see us getting any results under Appleton. And I think February is really the make or break of whether we're going to stay up or not. Um, so I think, yeah, if if he loses on Tuesday, he's, he's done. And if he's not done before Tuesday, I'm, I'm still shocked. But it's it's one of those. Mm, well, there we go. Uh, Josh, thanks for your, for your input uh, this morning. Uh, it's been really, really fascinating to get another view on. Um, I'll just tell everyone where your channel is in, in case they want to go and watch your, your vlogs from yesterday. Uh, literally just search up Joshua Wilcox on YouTube. Uh, we're nearing a 1K sub, so any new subscribers would be very much appreciated. Thank you very much for having me on today. 
There we go, brilliant. That's Josh Wilcox, who joined us on uh, Charlton Live uh, this morning to give us his views on uh, yesterday's performance and on the, the future uh, of the Addicts manager, Michael Appleton. Let's have a look at a couple of emails that came in. McSquared said, uh, so not only did we go to Burton, we rather inevitably went for a Burton uh, to defending a shambles again, finishing terrible again, and boy, did we miss Corey. Uh, now we don't even have anyone to take people on. The trap door uh, is looming uh, ever uh, closer. And then Moses uh, emailed yesterday uh, saying, feeling very conflicted after the result. Uh, don't want us to keep sacking managers and having to restart over and over again. But I also hate the lack of passion and connection between Appleton and the fans. We need a manager we can all get behind uh, like we did with Powell, Bose and Jacko, etc. Something uh, has to change. That's from uh, Moses. Uh, Brazil, yeah, I- I'm not. I'm not seeing many who are still calling for for Appleton to remain Ben. I don't know if 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 you feel there is still like a number in the fan base of that but like like we said earlier at, at some point when 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 you're this far gone with the fan base it, it must be hard to to bring it back and that's why it is quite hard to see how it turns around from now because I mean we're we're in a bit of a a death spiral at the moment and they are hard to get out of in, in football. You know, people talk about momentum in football, even like a couple of weeks ago, people were saying, oh, it, like maybe if we put on an amazing run and built up this momentum, maybe we'd make the playoffs, which obviously we won't, but um, it can happen the other way as well. Oh, definitely. Um, I was thinking that earlier, I thought, where are we now in terms of kind of fans in fans out and I reckon you, you're probably near like 80 20 and that, and that 20 percent is probably fans like I was feeling a few days ago where you just think well I don't want it well as you got from that email just say I, I don't want to be that club that just keeps sacking their manager sacking their manager and um keep rolling the dice and it's not Ben Garner's fault it's not Dean Holland's fault it's not Johnny Jackson's fault it's the owner's fault we haven't given them enough time blah 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 but we are getting dangerously close now to that relegation zone. We can't keep thinking it won't be us, it won't be us. And as, as we've all just said, this February coming up, it's, it's crazy the, the hard fixtures we've got coming. We're playing against a team that just lost their manager and just got a new manager. Wait till we play Bolton, who played us off the park of the valley. Wait until we play Derby twice in the, in the matter of a few weeks. And they've t- just about taken our best player with them. So... It's just going to get tougher and tougher, isn't it? We need someone with that bit of resilience, with that let's like aim for a clean sheet first kind of mentality. Because oh, yeah, it's just it is getting like silly now, isn't it? Like not winning since November is horrible to think of. Um, it's just yeah. Can we keep waiting until the next game? Uh, I just don't feel like we can do anymore. I mean, if it was Andy Scott who brought this guy in, which I can't imagine it was, I imagine a few more, then where's the pressure right. from the rest of the board to accept better than this? Yeah, I mean, Andy certainly would, would, would have been the, the guy who made that decision to bring him in. That, that's exactly what the club said. So, yeah, it does rest with Andy a little bit. And, and again, it comes back to, as we've been saying for a while, I think and, Andy's got a lot of his reputation sort of banked up with, with Michael Appleton doing well because it's his choice, you know. Joe said it on the day that we, we were speaking about Appleton coming in, you know. This will reflect on on Andy, the, the way it plays out. And, and, and I think that's probably, in my opinion, that probably is why, you know, that they, they, they seem to be giving him a bit more time because I, I think they really, they really don't want to have to make that decision again. Uh, they'd like to be proven right. And, and 
judging by the amount of turnover in players, I think they clearly understand that the squad hasn't been good enough at times this season. So they're also using that as, as justification as well. And, and like I say, it's just when does that team um, run out? Guy says, I don't think anyone wants to be the club that keeps sacking managers, but he was never the right man for the job. Annoyingly, we've had managers that should have had more time uh, with good uh, win uh, records. Dean said uh, if the man had any self-respect after hearing how the fans felt yesterday, then when you do the right thing uh, and walk, but you, know, you just don't you don't see that in football at all. You know, that's um, you walking away from a contract. This isn't the way it works um, these days or, or ever, really. You just don't see it. Um, Andrew reckons that the only thing saving him is the fact that we have sacked uh, so many managers already. Right, Northampton coming on, on Tuesday, Knife. Um, that doesn't bode well for me. <laughs> when you look, you look at their results recently. I say it's one one defeat in in six or seven recently. Um, at, at the Valley, it's going. I mean, it is going to be toxic because everyone rightfully is upset. Um, they, they got they drew one all at home with with Wigan uh, yesterday. They went. They, they've gone and won away from home at, at Lincoln relatively recently. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be an easy one. No, it won't be. I think they'll do something similar to um, to Burton. I think they'll keep compact, frustrate the crowd, let the crowd get onto the players, let the negative atmosphere build, and then they'll nick something. I really do. I think if they come out and attack us from the off, I think you know we're probably going to have a lot more space. Similar to Peterborough, we will get quite aggressive, but I think it's going to be another probably frustrating one. And I think the only way that we're going to get a result is if we score first. If we score first, I can see us probably seeing seeing the three points come back to us. But I think if they score first, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite loud. I think. Um, so, but again, there's a lot of time between now and uh, Tuesday, so a lot of stuff can happen. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, not confident. But that's not because I don't. Think, we think we've got rubbish players all over the park. It's just where we are, as you were saying, in terms of the spiral. But I'm still clinging on to some sort of hope that we're going to nip it in the bud, but maybe I'm just being naive and got my rose-tinted spectacles on today. Yeah, just to clarify, actually, that draw with Wigan wasn't yesterday. Their game yesterday was off. That was the week before. Uh, they drew at home uh, with, with Wigan, so we've also got that to come into the into the uh, equation. Ben, they, they might they might be slightly fresher as well. I mean, I, I mentioned it to Michael in the interview. There, we we have we have to go one nil up in this game because if if, if we go behind or if they sit in as, as Nave says and frustrate us, then then it, it like it, it will justifiably turn again and. You know, where, where, where's that sort of character we've seen over the last few weeks? When when the goings got tough, it, it felt like we haven't really reacted very well to that at, at times. You know, maybe in the second half against against Peterborough, we, we showed a bit of something, but it hasn't happened very often. And, and the longer this winless run goes on, that the harder it seems to be for us to to get out get out of um of it. Yeah, mate, I think we've got to go attacking. I can't keep hearing him after the game saying we played too many sideways passes. Change it up yourself, mate, from the beginning. As Josh said when he came on, a Louis Watson that that goes forward as soon as he's got the ball. I think Dobson and Coventry just didn't work yesterday. Dobson was kind of, one of them went missing quite a bit. Um, And then, yeah, Dobson was far too far forward for my liking. Dobson sprays it round. Side to side, uh, keeps the ball moving, but he's not someone who's, you want to sit on the edge of the area or, or I don't know, play a forward-thinking pass. Uh, and Coventry seems the same kind of player. Um, so I think already let, let's try and get on the front foot and have, have 
kind of front third players. Um, maybe Fiorini to, to come in. I, I don't know too much about him, I can say, but it's going to be a tough game, as you say, because the atmosphere is not going to be great. I mean, Northampton are having a great season considering they came up. That's what annoys me. You've got them, Stevenage, Leighton Orient, all having really good seasons, all way above us, <laughs> which they only just came up last season. But yeah, they got nothing to lose. They've got a striker who's banging form as well in Hoskins, who's up there on the goal scoring chart. So it's gonna it's gonna be one of those games where I think, yeah, you're playing against a side that um, won't come as favourites, but they've got nothing to lose. They've had a game off on Saturday and they'll be raring to go. And as Nave said, they'll try and get um into our faces early and under our skin because they know our fans will quickly turn. Uh so yeah, not not looking forward to it to be honest, but we'll be there and hope we get that early goal and and can try and get our much-needed win. Yeah, Northampton are sitting uh, seven points ahead of us, and they've got a game in hand on us. They're, they're 10th, uh, so John Brady's side having a good season. We are not. Right, we've run out of time uh, on uh, this week's Charlton Live. Uh, thanks to everyone who joined us live. Um, I'm sure we'll get plenty in, in the catch-up as well. So thanks to everyone who joined us uh, catching up on the podcast or on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, to our YouTube channel uh, and to uh, where you get your podcasts as well, like Spotify and Apple Pods and all that, so you never miss uh, another show. Massive thanks to Josh, who joined us uh, as our guest fan uh, earlier on in the show. Really enjoyed uh, his uh, thoughts on, on the show. Massive thanks to Nath and to Ben as well. Always good to see you too. Cheers, chaps. Cheers, gentlemen. Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes, and thanks for listening to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. We'll be back on Thursday uh, to look back at the game against Northampton and head to next Saturday's trip uh, up to Blackpool. We shall see you then. that dust coming from still finding debris after vacuuming ufi x10 pro omni robot vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets and it's totally hands-free want to know more go to eufy.com that's eufy.com and discover x10 pro omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only 799 dollars